Imagine asking your brother to help record an original song for your dance class. He brings you a track that his band's been working on, but asks you to sing on it instead. You post it on SoundCloud, and 24 hours later, your inbox is flooded with emails. That song's going viral. That is how 13-year-old Billy Pirate Baird O'Connell became Billie Eilish. Born to a creative family, Billie Eilish knew from a young age she wanted to pursue arts professionally. Homeschooled along with her brother Phineas, Billie was involved in a variety of creative outlets growing up, the primary of which was dance. In November of 2015, after a series of bad luck injuries and being unable to dance on her ankle, Billie's dance teacher asked her to contribute by creating the song for the class to choreograph to. And, well, enter the song we now know as Ocean Eyes. After the song racked up hundreds of thousands of listens in just days, things began to go into overdrive for Billy and Phineas. Within a month, they had a manager. Two months, an A&R deal. And by March of 2016, the backing and support needed to release a fully produced music video. With the SoundCloud release of Billy's second single, Six Feet Under, it was clear what her and her brother had experienced previously wasn't a fluke. She officially signed with Interscope Records in the summer of 2016, just nine months after first posting Ocean Eyes to the internet. On August 11th, 2017, after a year of learning the ropes of her newfound breakout fame, Billy released her debut EP, Don't Smile At Me, which would reach number 14 on the US Billboard 200 chart. She would spend the next few months supporting her EP with back-to-back headlining tours, continuously releasing new singles while on the road. By November of 2018, at 17 years old, Billy was placed on the Forbes Top 30 Under 30 list. Now, rather than use that headline to promote and release a new album, Billy opted to continue with the format that had been working for her, releasing a new single every few months. This allowed each release time to breathe and become a hit one after another. You should see me in the crowd. I'm gonna Billie Eilish finally released her first full-length studio album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?, on March 29, 2019. And although it included several tracks that received mass success, there was one song in particular that would go on to win both Record and Song of the Year at the 2020 Grammy Awards. Duh. This year, Billie released her second album, Happier Than Ever, an album that was already a success prior to release. With over one million pre-ads, the album would become the most pre-saved album in the history of Apple Music. And with that kind of jumping off point, it's no surprise that the album debuted at number one and has remained there since. My name is Eric Zachary. This is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout up about more than they're famous for. And today, that's Billie Eilish. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm just fine. How you doing? Doing good. I bet it's quite the week, the anticipation, excitement. We ready? <laughs> yep. Billie, uh, I gotta ask, first and foremost, right? So, happier than ever, I just saw an interview literally today where you said, this is the first album that you felt like it just kind of made itself. It was just like, so easy. So is this a little bit different as you get ready to release it? Is it kind of like a vibe where you're like, I'm not as nervous as usual, or is all that out the window, you're still nervous? Um, I wasn't nervous um, up until the internet made me nervous. (laughs) 
I was feeling great. I mean, I was like so confident and excited and like couldn't feel better about it. And then the internet just went into my insecurities, but it's okay. You recently said, you know, you you stop looking at, you know, negative comments. You're just the comments in general. Like I can't even imagine just a little bit of level that I experienced of that. And then you times a million, like I totally get where you're coming from. So do we have like a routine when you release an album? Like, is there like a wake up, stay disconnected from everything or certain food you eat is something that's going on? Dude, I'm, it's funny you ask because I'm literally right in this moment trying to figure out what to do because the issue is, and you know, I said that, but at the same time, I'm really bad at sticking to that. I, I want it because I want to see the good things. I really want to see the people that are affected in a good way and, yeah. ha- you know, tell me how I've changed them and like this and that. And like, it's just really hard to see that without seeing you know, I hope she dies, you know, like, so it's like, (laughs) so it's really difficult to figure it out. So I, you know, I've only ever dropped one album for real. And before that, it was like a tiny EP when nobody even knew who I was. And, you know, I remember when you were when you were on TRL on MTV, you know, and I was hosting and you came through and a lot of people were like still really excited about the singles that were out in the world. But you were on your first like album run and people didn't understand like how I think how new you were to this entire world and you were still crushing all of it, you know, but now that's not the case. Now people know who Billie Eilish is. Now you've played these shows. You've literally played (laughs) concerts and festivals in a boot before. Like you've got a couple notches in the belt and it's just, it's really cool to see how you've, you've evolved in handling this. I I totally get it. It's a double-edged sword too with the reception on social media. You want to, you want to make sure people like it or at least what they have to say, but you don't need some of the BS that's there either. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but thanks, man. Yeah, I'm. I uh, I have had a really good career, so I I really can't complain. I mean, I just I just it's hard to not you know get affected by what everybody says and thinks. It's so much easier said than done to be like, yeah, you know what, your your opinion doesn't matter to me, but it affects us. But hey, I, let's go off that real fast because creation, right? Like I I do a lot of spot directing and editing and producing, so it was really awesome to see what you did with NDA. And to know that you, you know, you've always had such an integral part, you and Phineas, behind the scenes of the visuals of everything that you do. But to officially step into the director role, and I think the biggest compliment you can have with anything, whether it's stunt filled like NDA or not, is people assuming that it was fixed in post-production. And this is not the case with this video. No. So that's a huge compliment. That's a huge win. But I actually got the chance to talk to your brother uh, a couple, couple months ago. And, you know, I was saying, hey, man, when you're writing and when you're songwriting, whether it's for you or Billy... You know, how do you not get ahead of yourself with visuals, with, uh, you know, focusing on the song and then what it's going to look like from a video standpoint or on stage? And he said, you know what, he doesn't not necessarily not get ahead of himself, but, you know, he has these little flashes or these visions. He did say it's your superpower, though, that it's uh, when you're writing and you kind of see what it's going to look like. So how do you handle when these visions are popping in your head when you're songwriting? You know, it really doesn't distract. I think if anything, it inspires me and like makes me want to finish the song even more. Like it could, it just doesn't, you know, it could, it could make me go like, oh my God, I have this idea. Now I like don't know what to do with the song or, you know, I feel over overtaken by this, but it really doesn't. It makes me go, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, Ooh, that makes me think of this idea. And like, what if we did this? Cause then yeah. it would match with this and, but I would say honestly that my visual ideas have mostly come after with this process, like with this album. Like, so I'll make a song and then just be focused on the actual song itself. And then 
after it's done usually is when I'll sit down and actually go, okay, like what do I actually see with this? And that's let's revisit this. Yeah, that's when I that's when I come up with like the most the re the most real ideas I think and like the biggest ideas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode of the Spot Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. This world that we're living in isn't easy. Doesn't matter who you are. We're all dealing with our own level of depression or anxiety or stress or trauma, just trying to make it day by day. And that's okay. But you shouldn't have to do that alone. That's where BetterHelp comes in, right? They're not a crisis line. This isn't self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message off anytime to your licensed counselor and you're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer, whatever's the easiest way for you to connect with someone. That's what BetterHelp is, a sounding board. Licensed professional counselors who specialize in these things that we're dealing with day by day. Everything you share is confidential. It's convenient, it's professional, and it's affordable. It can be hard to admit, but if you're like me, sometimes you just need to talk to someone. And that doesn't mean a family member or a friend. That means someone that knows what they're doing and that has an unbiased professional desire to help. So if you're like me and you want to start living a happier life today, right now, you can get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash spout. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash spout. Well, that's a perfect transition then let's let's talk about the visuals for you know the happier than ever a love letter to los angeles that comes out and premieres on disney plus in september basically a visual concert experience on steroids from what i can tell via the trailer and, and via the press releases and whatnot yeah. and i, I want to make sure i'm getting this right and i, I read somewhere that there's going to be some animated aspects of this right mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like you're like yeah i just i can't give too much away okay so let me let me generalize a little bit here Assuming, and I don't want to, I don't want to make assumptions for you, but assuming that you haven't worked in too much animation, how does that workflow change? You know, rather than you've always thought of something as like a music video or a straight concert performance, now that you're performing this live, but then you're also adding the animation to it. What, what changed in the process for you? Well, to be honest with you, this one, you know, I started out with it being like, you know, I wanted to be really involved and directed. And then I, I kind of was like, you know, for this one, I'm going to hand this over to Robert. And because it just, it felt, I, I just like trusted him with it. And it's also not my thing. You know, animation is not my thing. And mo- like movies and, and you know, films and concert films are, are not my, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, <laughs> you know? So I really just kind of, watched and observed and like learned you know originally everyone was like well billy we want you to direct this and we want and i was like no i'm like i don't i don't really know what i'm doing here and i don't want to make a fool of myself with something that could potentially be really cool and just because of my pride and and you guys wanting me to have a director's credit i'm not gonna i don't need that i i want to have a beautiful piece that's made by somebody who's incredibly iconic you know so it's like you know sometimes you want to do stuff because you want to I just feel like I want to do things that 
I feel very strongly about and want a certain way and know how to do it. But there's some cases where I'm like, you know what? I trust this person more than I trust me. And I think that it's going to be so beautiful with this person doing this, you know? No, that makes sense. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a control freak when it comes to editing and directing. And I think the hardest things I've ever had to do are projects where I went, you know what? I'm not the best guy in the room. I need to let someone else handle this so I can focus yeah. on what I'm good at. Dude, me too. And it's, it's hard to admit that. It's hard to do that. Yeah. So it's super admirable to hear you say that. Yeah, I think it's just it's a thing that we should all be able to do is say, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I'm not, this isn't my thing, yeah. you know, even though I want to be, I want to do this because I want to be able to say that I'm capable of this, but I'm still learning. And I, I like want, you know, I want to just watch for a little longer, but I'm the same. Like I want everything to be very, very specific edited wise and like, you know, just shots and color and everything. And I kind of, for this one was like, you know what? It's Okay. I'm handing it over to you. I trust you. Yeah. You know, make it good. Yeah. I mean, that, that old saying that goes, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, it's time to leave the room, you know, because the minute you stop learning in this industry or you think that you don't need to learn anymore, that's the minute you don't need to be in the industry anymore, in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Billy Eilish, man. Thank you so much. We've never gotten the chance to actually talk one on one. So this this means a lot. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on here. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk a little more in length soon, but congratulations on everything. And I, I can speak very confidently for the world when I say we can't wait to see what you put together with uh, Happier Than Ever. And of course, the Little Love Letter to Los Angeles special as well. Well, thank you. That's so sweet. Thanks so much. It was great talking to you. See more of our conversation with Billie Eilish at Spout underscore podcast on IG and Twitter or at spoutpodcast.com. Next week, Lizzo spouts off. I want to expand my empire into other places, you know, like fashion and anywhere there is a need for representation. I'll be there. <laughs> Still to come this season, Addison Ray, Walker Hayes, Dixie D'Amelio, Normani, and more. Be sure to listen to the Spout Podcast every Thursday night on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media and created by Phil Becker. Spout.